0: Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host. Jane Brown.
1: The leader of the Ontario Green Party is with us here on Zoomer Radio and in studio. Mike Schreiner, congratulations on your win. Thanks, Jane. I
2: appreciate it. It's it's great to be on today.
1: Well, it's nice to have you here. We've seen you everywhere, so it's only fitting that you should make your rounds to Zoomer Radio as well. How has life been for you since Election Day almost two weeks ago when you had your landslide victory in Guelph?
2: Well, it's been nonstop. Uh, You know, we did a bunch of media that night, the whole next day. I've had a number of constituents reaching out and organizations wanting to meet with me. And I think it's just exciting. Uh, I know people in Guelph are excited that Guelph made history. It's been nice to have uh, Guelph be the focus of, you know, Provincial and national media, and so uh, you know, I just want to now go to Queens Park and make a difference, serve my constituents, and uh, make Ontario a better place.
1: If you are listening in Guelph, we our seven forty signal booms into all parts of the province, and you're one of the thirty thousand people who voted for Mike Schreiner on June seventh. Maybe you'd like to call in and congratulate him, or maybe you're not from Guelph and you're somewhat fascinated by Mike's accomplishments, or you want to know how he plans to conduct himself in the legislature. We'd like to hear from you as well. The phone lines are open. 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Mike, when you look back uh, to the beginning of your leadership with the Green Party and uh, your first time around in the 2009 election,
2: What makes you feel most proud uh, all these years later, nine years later? Well, you know, I think when I took over leadership of the party and was elected by our members, I said that I was going to take an entrepreneurial approach to building the Green Party. I've started two businesses in Guelph, and I've also been a part of starting up nonprofits. And so the approach I wanted to take is how do we build capacity in the party so when the moment arrives that we can start electing Greens – we're ready to do it. And this election really was that moment, and we seized the moment. And, you know, I have the people of Guelph to thank for really buying into our message. And the, I, I think what really attracted people to our message was doing politics differently. I made a pledge that I would go to the legislature and work across party lines to put the people of Ontario first. And that's exactly what I'm doing, what I intend to do. And I'm constantly, you know, thinking about how do I balance cooperation and confrontation, to be honest honest. Uh, You know, how do I cooperate and figure out ways that we can work together, because I think people are tired of the toxic political culture where I'm always right, you're always wrong. Let's figure out ways we can work together. But I also think people, you know, want me to stand up and hold the government to uh, to account and uh, fight for the things I believe in, especially if the government is moving in the opposite direction.
1: Let's talk about what you believe in. Uh, We know from way back the Green Party started out of uh, a love of the environment and environment friendly policies. What does the Green Party bring to Ontario in 2018 when many of those ideas have already been accepted by the other parties? Party, some of the other parties, anyway.
2: Yeah, well, I think you know our platform really focused on how do we create jobs that put people and planet first, and so I'm a big advocate of Ontario embracing the global clean economy. That's where the jobs are. I'm always saying, you know, let's skate to where the puck is, uh, not where it's been. And so I want to. I want Ontario to lead. Guelph is already leading Ontario in the creation of clean economy jobs. Uh, and I'm also a big advocate of small businesses. I mean, one of the things I was really proud of in, in the election campaign is we said, you know, let's both raise the minimum wage so people, you know, lower wage workers don't have a wage that's a poverty level wage, while at the same time lowering payroll taxes on small businesses so they can continue to create jobs and pay their employees more money. And then the prosperity we generate, investing it in good public services in a fiscally responsible way. So we believe in balanced budgets, but we also believe in investing in health care and education, better social services, better transit. So we don't want to see cutbacks in those public services that people rely on every day. And then, of course, we want to protect the people and places we love in Ontario. I want to. I was just with an organization this morning in Guelph that uh, is having their meeting around how do we protect farmland? How do we protect water? How do we have a climate change plan that both creates jobs and also protects people in our communities from the risk associated from extreme weather events. And it's that kind of balanced, practical, evidence-based solutions that I want to bring to Queen's Park. So the idea is working the environment into all of the issues. Absolutely. I mean, let's face it, the jobs of the 21st century are jobs that are good for the environment and good for our economy.
1: What do you think about the passage of the Cannabis Act? Does that fall in line with
2: uh, your philosophies? Absolutely. I mean, the Green Party, we've been the only party saying the best way to end the underground unsafe market in Ontario is to actually license um, and regulate. Uh, Private cannabis dispensaries. I mean, we already have people who, you know, are in this gray area, have set up um, stores uh, to market cannabis to people in in a safe way. I think the Liberals' proposal, uh, which was, you know, 40 government monopoly run stores, will do nothing to end the underground unsafe market. Uh, I mean, you know, the Liberals are the only party I know of that could figure out a way to lose money selling cannabis to people. And so I'm hoping with the new government that we can convince them to start licensing private dispensaries, because I want to see the underground unsafe market gone in Ontario. And and the private dispensaries that are responsible...
1: Include them in the mix.
2: Absolutely. Now,
1: Doug Ford was talking about this. Um, now, interestingly, during our marijuana segment, uh, what I failed to mention was that we reached out, our producer, Michelle Saunders, reached out to uh, quite a number of PCMPPs this morning, and they were not willing to come on the air and talk about how cannabis would be sold in this province. Could we equate from that that they don't know exactly yet or that there are, it's still up for discussion?
2: Yeah. I mean, your listeners are going to have to read into that what they will. Uh, You know, I think, you know, obviously the new cabinet won't be sworn in until June 29th. And so, you know, those MPPs probably don't want to get out ahead of themselves, to be fair to them. Uh, My hope is, is and I've said I'm willing to work across party lines uh, with any party, the conservative party, the liberal party, the NDP party on issues where we share common ground and we can move things forward in a way that benefits Ontario, I think cannabis is one of those issues that I'm hoping I can work with the new government on to come up with a program of how we can license and regulate. Like, this has to be done in a safe way, a controlled way, a way that puts, you know, community safety and public health first. But the bottom line is 40 government-run monopoly stores will do nothing to stop the unsafe underground market I believe, I mean, you know, there's probably more than 40 stores just outside your, your radio studio here already operating in in that, you know, gray market. And so, you know, I want to work with the government to come up with a system of how cannabis can be marketed in Ontario in a way that's safe, and a way that ends the unsafe underground market.
1: Mike Schreiner is with me, the leader of the Ontario Green Party and the MPP for Guelph in the new legislature. Let's talk about Doug Ford, the premier designator the incoming premier. What are your impressions? What have your encounters with Doug Ford been like? How do you foresee your relationship with him evolving?
2: Well, it's interesting. So I have had a history of being on radio panels and shows uh, with Doug Ford prior to him being the leader of the Conservative Party. Uh, we have not had an opportunity to speak since the election. I have reached out to his office and requested a meeting uh, because I want to explore ways that we can work together. One of the things that Deeply concerns me, and so this is where I'm gonna to have to be confrontational with the government. Is yesterday's just almost quiet, unexpected announcement to close the Green Ontario program that helped businesses and homeowners and renters uh, retrofit their buildings to make them more energy efficient, to help them save money by saving energy. Canceling that program without notice is a job killer. I've already had businesses reaching out to me saying, you know what, we've hired staff. We've spent thousands of dollars training staff to be able to provide you know these home retrofits to homeowners and businesses and renters. And the fact that the government canceled the program without any notice or without any wait period, like some of the businesses have said to me, it's like, if they want to cancel the program, you know, give us a year to at least recover our investment or at least be able to help those homeowners who are a part of the program but may not be able to get a contractor in within the next month or two uh, before the program is closed. Uh, So I'm hoping that um, the government will rethink the canceling of the program because the Green Party has a plan how we can fund that program without using cap-and-trade revenues.
1: So it has been cancelled, these rebate programs have been cancelled. That's what we don't know, though, yet, because the government has not been sworn in so effectively it is still running. And maybe there will be a phase-out period. It was very vague, as you say, this sort of surprise announcement cancelling all of uh, the rebate programs. I mean, in our home, we also got, got the thermostat. We registered for it. We had them, the guys come in. I love my thermostat. <laughs> uh, I understand that it, it, it's funded by the cap-and-trade program, and therein lies the link between Doug Ford's policy and his intentions to cancel cap-and-trade.
2: Well, good for you, Jane, first of all, for being somebody who took advantage of the program and are finding ways that you can save money by saving energy. And so, you know, the Ford uh, campaigned on helping Average people save money by uh, by lowering their electricity bills. Will. One of the best ways to have long-term savings is to actually help people and businesses lower their energy use, so they can lower their utility bills. And so to cancel the program essentially without notice, uh, and to have a you know a quote grace period that only lasts you know a few months now, you know what it's like securing a contractor. Like there's a lot of people who are already in the program, but mm-hmm. can't they won't be on a, they won't be able to get a contractor in to get the actual work done before the grace period um, ends in a couple months.
1: I think Larry from Toronto wants to ask you something about that as well. Go ahead, Larry.
0: Yes, he cancelled the program yesterday without notice. He's not even the premier yet. Has he got the power to do it?
2: Yeah, Larry, that's a great question. I've been asking uh, legislative sta- uh, the clerk's office that. I sent that same question in earlier today and I'm awaiting a response to that. Uh, you know, once they're sworn in, they certainly have the power to do it. Um, but I agree with you. You know, this is reckless and irresponsible to do this before the cabinet is even sworn in on June 29th. And to, to do it essentially with no notice, you know, like I said uh, previously, there are businesses that I've talked to have reached out to me who are very upset because they've hired additional staff that they're now going to have to lay off. They've spent thousands of dollars training their staff to be able to meet consumer demand for these programs, those businesses are going to be, be at, they'll be, you know, he's, he's, Mr. Ford is essentially, you know, slapped those businesses in the face and said, you know, we don't care if you lose money or have to um, cancel jobs. Right, simply because they, the, the philosophy doesn't fall in line with his own. With his own ideology. And you know what? The bottom line is, is I'm happy to work with Mr. Ford to come up with alternative ways of funding these kinds of programs outside the cap-and-trade program, uh, because I think everybody in Ontario wants to see people and businesses save money by saving energy?
1: Well, a lot of it comes down to the way you position it as well. So, had he said that, uh, for instance, with the public hiring freeze, a lot of people would say uh, this is a great idea, but maybe put it in terms of this is what I am going to do once I am sworn in and in a position where I can do it. When you just say I've issued this public hiring freeze, well, effectively, uh, Kathleen Wynne is the premier still for the next nine days. And it's just the protocol, I think, that would rub people the wrong way. Not so much the way, not so much uh, the philosophy, but the way in which he's doing it.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we still live in a democracy, even though it is a you know a, a majority government. And I think having the courtesy of waiting until cabinet is sworn in, until the premier actually takes the oath of office, um, I think waiting to issue some of these orders until then is just, I think, responsible but but also respectful of people in our democratic traditions.
1: Joining me in studio for the half hour is Mike Schreiner, the leader of the Ontario Green Party, the new MPP for the city of Guelph. Your questions are welcome. We'll take a quick break. 416 360 Toll free 1-866-740-4740.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: We're here with Mike Schreiner, the... Green Party leader, having such a nice time chatting with him during the commercials, almost forgot I was doing a radio show. (laughs) Um, Mike, let's talk about the other green programs uh, that you may be worried about. We talked about the Green Ontario Fund, that incoming Premier Doug Ford is getting rid of that uh, because it's related to the cap-and-trade program. There are electric vehicle programs as well, the Drive Clean Ontario program. Are they at risk of of being eliminated?
2: Well, we'll have to see. I mean, the one in particular I'm really worried about is the rebate program to support electric vehicle purchases primarily because we want Ontario to be a global leader in the auto sector. I mean we all the auto sector is so critically important to our economy, you know, one of the biggest job creators in Ontario, and the global market is moving towards electric vehicles and we want Ontario to be a global leader in manufacturing those electric vehicles. And so we want um, incentives in place for people to be able to afford to buy electric vehicles in Ontario so th- our manufacturers can scale up and be competitive in the global marketplace.
1: Let's go to Dan in Elmwood. You have a question for the new MPP of Guelph, Mike Schreiner. Go ahead, Dan. day. Hi, what's your question or comment? Well, it was more of a comment. Um, we're
0: talking about uh, some program that uh, Doug Ford has already said he's shutting it down. Yep. Uh, most of the people utilizing money from these uh, programs are probably wealthy people that can afford to uh, do the upgrades themselves at the wished. It's just like these solar panel units. Not everybody that has those things. are millionaires. As a matter of fact, uh, almost everybody that has them is not a millionaire. They're multi-millionaires. And each one of those 10, 10K units cost us two hundred eighty thousand dollars over the 20 years, and we get roughly $15,000 worth of energy for the $280,000 expenditure. I expect this is probably in about the same way.
1: Does it make sense what Dan is asking you, commenting on?
2: Well, Dan, I'll have to say, at least in my community in Guelph, I see a whole host of you know small bungalows, very modest homes, um, people who are clearly, you know with modest and middle incomes taking advantage of these programs, uh, whether it's putting solar panels on your roof or putting new windows or better insulation or a more high efficiency furnace. And for a lot of those families who do have modest incomes, having some government support to help them, bring in things that will uh, help them save energy which then reduces their utility bills is a huge benefit for folks because I as you know um, with the rising cost of both electricity and home heating um, that puts a lot of families in the pinch so having programs to help them save money by saving energy I think benefits people with modest and middle incomes. Okay I want to get to the rest of the calls
1: here before one let's go to uh, Jerry in Burlington you're up next. Hello. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm fine. What's your comment (laughs) from Mike? Well, I have a couple of comments. Uh, One, when Doug Ford was announcing uh, the cancellation, I thought he mentioned something about it taking effect in August.
2: Yeah, Jerry. So um, from what I can read on the Green Ontario website is that, yeah, the program will end in August. And if you do have a contractor signed up uh, by September, but you have to have the work done by September. So I've already had people reach out to me saying, you know, we've applied to be a part of the program, but we can't get a contractor in to do the work until October, November, or even later, just because, you know, many contractors are in high demand. And so by canceling Out with such a short window that means there are people who would have been able to qualify for the program get the support they need to help them you know save money by saving energy won't be able to because they can't get a contractor in by the end of september right no that
1: makes sense let's go to chris in toronto hi chris you're on zoomer radios fight back
0: hi how are you today
1: fine thanks what's your question
0: Um, I'm curious um, uh, about uh, how the, the Ford uh, government and what Mike uh, might be doing to support uh, the adaptation to climate change. It seems like the weather we're getting is crazier and crazier. I keep getting letters from my insurance uh, company saying they are not going to insure my basement for flooding. Uh, there seems to be a big problem emerging, and I don't know. I'm interested to know what Mike thinks about that. Okay,
2: that's a great question. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it really is, Chris. So when I've met with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, for example... Uh, one of their biggest concerns is extreme weather events due to climate change. And, you know, historically, what has caused home insurance premiums to go up has been mostly fire damage. That's not the case anymore. The biggest increase now is extreme weather events, flooding being the primary one uh, that's causing rates to go up. Insurable losses due to extreme weather events was um almost $5 billion last year alone, that doesn't even include the non insurable losses as well. So this is a huge issue. It's of huge concern to people in the business community, the investment community, and obviously in the insurance industry. And so coming up with strategies around how we adapt to it, through better flood control management, it's one of the reasons I'm such a strong supporter of expanding the green belt to include the blue belt, which would protect all of our waterways, not only does that protect clean drinking water, but it's essentially to protecting us from extreme weather events that would uh, lead to flooding so we are going to need to take action to both mitigate climate change that means you know lower our pollution so it doesn't the risk go go down but also to adapt to climate change uh, by having things like flood protection in place Uh,
1: Mike I guess a good sign is that uh, Doug Ford in one of the television debates acknowledged that he believes in climate change
2: absolutely in the last leaders debate uh, the premier-designate did acknowledge that he believes in climate change. He believes humans are causing it. And so I continue to hold out hope that I will be able to work with the new government to come up with strategies on how we reduce the risk of, of climate change and how we adopt, adapt to um, the real risk that we're currently facing.
1: Will there be a summer session of the legislature?
2: Well, all indications are there will be, okay. and certainly uh, my family has all of our holiday plans on hold for this summer, uh, because we just don't know when those dates will be.
1: I guess they are happily
2: on hold, though. You've been waiting they for are. this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're yes. now sitting in the, under Underneath uh, the gallery upstairs, (laughs) right?
2: This is is one summer uh, under the circumstances where we're more than happy to have those plans on hold.
1: Well, it has been a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for coming to the Zoomerplex today.
0: Oh, my pleasure, Jane.
1: Green Party leader, Ontario Green Party leader and Guelph MPP, Mike Schreiner.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.